episode 53 of the Actors Room, and today we are going to talk about Kurt Cobain. A lot of things going on with this show. There's going to be some changes. I'll let you know about those changes in just a minute. So sit back, relax. I hope you enjoyed this show of the infamous, very popular Kurt Cobain. Here we go. My name is Jeff Tarowski, and once again, welcome back to the Actors Room. And uh, it's really strange, as today I'm sitting here in my little room doing this podcast, um, and it's nighttime. I've never done it at night. I've always done my shows in broad daylight or the morning. Mostly before dinner time, I do these. But today, we're doing it at, I think it's around 930 I just thought I'd point that out because I feel really weird right now. Things are kind of at a low hum. Isn't that weird? Like, I just, it feels different. And maybe the show is going to sound a little different and maybe it's doing this for a reason. We're going to change up this show. I talked to my brother the other day and we pretty much came to the conclusion that we don't want to be, we don't want to be limited with our content. Just talking about Actors. I find myself wanting to branch out and talk about other things. Now, mind you, I have stated way back in the beginning of this podcast that primarily we're going to be talking about actors, actresses, and films. And from time to time, I'll talk about something else. And I've done that for the most part, but I realized just last week, doing the Charlie Sheen episode with my brother Dave, that I want to do other things. I don't want to be limited. I want to be able to go ahead and do something else in the entertainment realm. Whether it could be a singer. It could be a band. It could be a documentary. uh, Something like that. Along those lines. I don't want to feel limited. So we're going to change our show up. We're going to change the title. And we're going to change the website. We're going to do some heavy changing. Uh, The format will pretty much be the same. But we're going to start talking about other things. And one of the main reasons why I wanted to do this is because I wanted to do Kurt Cobain for a very long time and thought, no, you shouldn't. He's not an actor. People are tuning in because they want to hear about actors, maybe. And maybe you should stay within that. No, I don't want that to happen. I want to be able to talk about whoever the fuck I want to talk about. So this week... I want to talk about someone other than actors, actresses, or films. Kurt Cobain is a figure that is highly controversial, a figure that made his mark on the rock and roll scene, changed music forever, just like Marlon Brando changed acting forever. I feel the same way about Kurt Cobain. He really is one of those artists performers slash rock and roll star that for me in my life he became popular when I was a teenager so his music meant a lot to me it changed not only the landscape of rock and roll but it changed a generation 
of young people coming up at that time. The whole grunge scene was such an important part of my upbringing. Not my upbringing, but the way I viewed music, the world, my life. Kurt Cobain had a big part in sort of representing that disgruntled sort of going through all that shit uh, at that time. I think that's why he was so popular. He was able to go ahead and reach out in the way that he could with his lyrics, his music, the way he just was as a person. I think that appealed to a lot of people at that time. Kurt Cobain will definitely go down as one of the most popular musicians ever. And that's important. And there are other aspects of his life that must be talked about, discussed, dissected, all the way up until the time of his death at the age of 27. Now, most will say he committed suicide. And uh, the Seattle Police Department have closed the file on this and said, this was a suicide, done. Well, I'm not sure. Okay, I am sure how I feel about it, but I wanted to go ahead and discuss that with you. It's a fascinating story. Uh, I don't know how you feel about it, but I have my opinions, and I'm going to place on the table a lot of facts. Facts, people. Facts about this very questionable death of Kurt Cobain. Suicide? Maybe. Well, most people say, yes, suicide. Some people say, no. I think maybe you should look into that a little further. This is a very fascinating case. Talking about Kurt Cobain, a lot going on in this guy. He only lived to be 27. 27 years young. February 20th, 1967. Kurt Cobain was born in Aberdeen, Washington. Now, back in the World War II days, Aberdeen flourished. It's a logging community. Let me say that again because I think it was, it didn't come out right. A logging community. A lot of trees and it produced a lot of jobs. Boomed after the war. A lot of people making some pretty good money. Uh, Just a a nice community. uh, Close-knit. And Kurt Cobain in 1967, born parents. Father, Donald, mother, Wendy. His parents met in high school. They went to Aberdeen High School. That's where they met. I have looked them up on classmates.com. Haven't mentioned them in a while. I went ahead, looked up his parents. They're your books. They're there. You know, sometimes I go and look up people and I know that that was their high school. And I know they graduated in that year, but they're not in the yearbook. I don't get that. Is the universe like playing games with me? Because, uh, or they missed picture day. But anyways, I looked it up. They're there. It's funny. Uh, Kurt Cobain's dad, Don, boy, was he a dork. I mean, seriously, he looks a lot like his mom. Mind you, you do see uh, some characteristics of Don and Kurt. But boy, I got to tell you, Wendy... She was pretty in high school. And, you know, she was actually a pretty good-looking woman. Uh, The early stages of her life. uh, A real cute, cute girl in high school. And she blossomed into a very beautiful woman. And Don, Kurt's father, 
He was into sports. He liked to play basketball, uh, baseball, sort of a jock. Um, not a big guy, big enough. But that that high school picture that I saw, man, he was an he was a dork. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Um, so I just find it fascinating. I really do. Looking up yearbooks and seeing their pictures and going, my God, there's Kurt Cobain's mom and dad in the same yearbook. That's how they met. So I think it was a couple of years later out of high school, they got married. Now, Wendy will go on to explain. She married Don at this point in her life. It was the thing to do, right? Uh, You know, they were kind of, you know, together for a little while. And she said she liked him. So they got married. Boy, that's not a strikingly awesome endorsement to go into a marriage. I like them a lot. Boy, you're starting off on the wrong foot. This might be headed towards disaster. And it eventually will, folks. But anyways, we're going to continue on here. And uh, they got married out of high school. And I think Don got himself a job at a gas station as a mechanic and working behind the counter. And Wendy went ahead and uh, she did um, have a few jobs before they really got started thinking we're going to have a child. It took her a little while, both parents, of course, (laughs) uh, to have Kurt. Um, But they did in 1967. And Wendy now became a mother. Don continued working at the gas station. Not a great job. But a job. He worked his ass off uh, supporting the family and allowed Wendy to stay home with young Kurt to raise him. So both per- parents didn't have to work. Okay, Wendy was home and she's, she really did pay a lot of attention to young Kurt, uh, showing lots of affection and always uh, boosting up his confidence. Even as a young child, Kurt showed signs of high intelligence, not only with verbal skills, but artistic skills. By the age of two, I heard a recording that his Aunt Mary had made. Now, I guess his Aunt Mary, this is Kurt, was a performer as well. And she had a lot of recording equipment at her house. So they would record Kurt at the age of two singing Beatles songs, Hey Jude, and he would even break out into singing other songs, counting, things like that. And at the very end of this one recording, you hear a young Kurt Cobain at the age of two do a little bit of grunting and a little sneak peek into grunge. You can hear it in the recording. You can go on YouTube and hear this. He actually ends the recording in a melodic tone grunting. Kurt was an energetic child. Very energetic. All over the place. Now, mind you, he was the firstborn child, of course, of Don and Wendy, and also the firstborn child of the family. And when I say that, I mean, he was entertaining aunts, uncles, grandparents, the whole family. He was the center He got all the love, he got all the attention, and he flourished, blossomed. He would perform for them. He was the life of the party. When they had Cobain parties, guess who was the star? Little Kurt. And he just loved it. And like I said, flourished. 
he will go on to say later on in his life that his childhood was happy. There's no doubt about it. And they all loved him. Bouncy kid. And Donald, his father, had a hard time with this. Uh, Mother Wendy would say that Don just wanted little Kurt to be seen and not heard. And I get that. And things were different back then. But I think Kurt was a different kind of kid. Uh, He really was hard to handle. Don saw this. And being a parent, seeing your kid bouncing around the way Kurt did, it kind of frustrated him a little. Didn't know how to handle him. I think what happened, and I think this is what happened. Uh, Wendy and Don decided to put him on Ritalin at one point, and Kurt said that he remembers that feeling. And when he became an adult and struggling with certain things, he remembered how he felt back then and wanted to feel that again. And Ritalin Although it might have been an important thing to do at that time in his life as a child. And I've seen kids on Ritalin. It really brings you down. And I think it, this was something that Kurt remembered. And continued on with it later on in his life with drug use. If there was one thing that little Kurt loved to do was draw. He did it very well at a young age. There was one time he drew a picture for his grandfather. Leland. It was of Donald Duck. He brought it up to his grandfather, showed it to him, and his grandfather Leland said, By God, Kurt, that's really good. That's some really good tracing. And little Kurt looked up and said, I didn't trace that. <laughs> so his grandfather said, Okay, Kurt, sure, sure you didn't. And I, whatever. And Kurt's like, You don't believe me, do you? Now, mind you, Kurt was very young at this time, under the age of five. And was sort of like insulted that his grandfather didn't believe that he drew that freehand. So his grandfather said, okay, Kurt, that's fine. Uh, I want you to go ahead, draw the same picture, but I want you to do it in front of me. Do it right now. And Kurt just took on that task, drew the picture, and the grandfather said it was better than the original. And was just shocked at how good this kid really was. So whenever holidays came around, birthdays, he always got new art supplies. Soon enough, his bedroom was filled with art, drawings, and paintings. He put his love of art on paper. Kurt would go on to say that even at a young age, he felt very different. So different, he felt that his real parents weren't his parents at all. That he was an alien. And that his real family dropped him off with his mother and father of earth. And he would lay in bed at night. Thinking about his real family. And when they were going to come get him again. Because he just felt he wasn't of this world. And he even created a special friend. An imaginary friend. And he called him Bada. And would you believe Bada stayed with him throughout his entire life. And in a letter he wrote shortly before he died, he mentioned him again. So there you go. He was one of those kids that felt different, sort of detached from everyone else. He saw the world in a different way. A lot of, 
in a lot of aspects that a normal, everyday person doesn't feel or see or want to talk about, Kurt was different. He felt that the things that he wanted to express and the things he felt or wanted to talk about wasn't readily available to him. So he felt like an outsider. And because of this, felt he wasn't belonging on the planet, even at a young age, that's telling you something right there. And he would say he found it hard to make friends because they weren't like him at all. Not at all. Kurt's sister was born a few years later, and her name is Kim. He fell in love with her immediately and loved the fact that he had a little sister. As they grew older, Kim would say they played well for the most part, but Kurt was just one of those brothers that liked a mess with her. And what I mean by that is it's a pretty normal thing for any, <clears throat> excuse me, older sibling to, you know, pick on a younger one because you can, right? They're younger than you and you're going to impose your will. And he did. He messed with her sometimes. And uh, there's a story that Kurt was very against authority, especially cops. Hated cops. Now, I don't hate cops. I respect cops, but they scare me. Uh, they seem so threatening. <clears throat> and I think Kurt felt the same way about cops, authority. He just, he didn't like the simple fact of someone telling him what to do, when to do it. He hated that whole concept. So at the age, I think, of six, and Kim was pretty young, uh, he had her throwing rocks at passing cop cars that went past the house. And a cop actually pulled over because there was this three-year-old girl throwing rocks at his car. Cop pulled over, went to the house, and explained that uh, <laughs> uh, Kim, the her older brother is making her throw stones and rocks at cop cars. Not a good idea. But this will go on to show at an early age how Kurt was fighting the system. This is something he enjoyed. One of his favorite movies was a movie about kids in a high school revolting. He loved that stuff. He loved it. Uh, sticking up for what other older people tell you how things are how things are going to be, this is the way to act, this is the way to feel. Fuck that. He hated that shit. Don't conform. Be yourself. And I think that's one of the reasons why he had a lot of resentment towards his father, Don. Okay? His mother, Wendy, wasn't like that, I think, for the most part. I think she let Kurt be, uh, let him freely be who he was, very supportive. Uh, but Don, not so much. He had a hard time... Uh, just, I don't know, understanding Kurt. Like, th what is this kid about? I don't get this kid. He had a hard time handling him. And I think that him and Kurt butt heads a lot early on in his childhood. He just couldn't identify with him. Don, <clears throat> I apologize for my throat. Don really did love sports. Kurt didn't. Uh, so Kurt would oblige and participate in baseball, basketball. I think he actually wrestled at one point. And he did it for his dad, you know, just to get the okay from his father. And I think Don really appreciated that. And for the most part, Don provided for the family. He was there for them, but felt a little left out, I think, within the whole family structure, Don. And would you know that uh, Kurt, at the age of nine, 
Okay, his parents decided to get a divorce. Wendy just had enough of Don. The whole thing, she didn't love Don. Okay, plus the fact she was disheartened. Their fights consisted mostly about money. They didn't make enough money. Enough was enough. Wendy said, it's over. This is significant. This will crush Kurt Cobain. Absolutely devastated. In interviews, you can hear him say how absolutely crushed he was that his parents got divorced. He was embarrassed to tell kids at school that his mom and dad were no longer together. He says he wanted the structure. He wanted the security of both of his parents being together. And I got to tell you, okay, my parents got divorced when I was 21. I was 21. Kurt was nine. It hurt at 21. A lot. And I'll tell you something else. It hurts today. Not seeing my parents together. Okay. I grew up with my parents together. It wasn't, you know, they got along for the most part. My parents, they did. Uh, They had fights, but I mean, every couple does. But when they got divorced, I mean, I was out of the house. I was 21. I was an adult. But it still hurts. Kurt was devastated that his parents weren't together anymore. And this will be significant in the progressions of his life as a person, an artist, and a musician. This will shape him. He became a very angry, bitter person. Resentment towards both of his parents at this time in his life. So parents divorced. Family's going through a lot of shit. Parents fighting constantly. Even now that they're divorced, they just can't stand one another. And that affects the kids. They don't want to see their parents fighting. And they're now in the middle of all this shit. Kurt separates himself. Uh, It was decided that both kids, Kim and Kurt, would live with the mom, Wendy. And the dad, Don, went on his own. So, a year or two after this, Kurt still being difficult. Wendy was getting frustrated, uh, controlling him. He started doing, I I think he started doing pot at a pretty early age. I think they came later. Uh, I stand corrected. I may correct that later. Uh, But let's just put it this way. He was a very angry child. He couldn't deal with the fact that his parents were divorced and thought that they would eventually get back together. This was temporary. Okay. He felt in his mind that this was a temporary thing. And if he showed his displeasure enough, they would come to their senses and get back together. That didn't happen. So he was shipped off to his father. And this is very interesting because it was at this time he moved out of Wendy's house, his mother, and moved in with his dad, Donald, in his apartment. This actually was a very positive experience for Kurt. Don and Kurt were now sort of a unit. And Don showed him a lot of attention. He took him to, you know, uh, events. They would uh, spend time together. And Kurt loved this. Spending time with his father was something that meant a lot to Kurt. Even though Don liked to play sports and things like that. As long as he was with his dad and they were spending time together, Kurt was fine with that. And he told Don, Dad, you have to make me a promise. And Don said, whatever it is, Kurt, you got it. He said, Dad, promise me you'll never remarry. And Don said, okay, I won't. But he did. 
he met Jenny. And they uh, got married. Uh, Jenny had uh, two other kids from a previous marriage. And now he was thrown into this other family. He wasn't happy. And I think he held on to this grudge for the rest of his life. He never forgave his father, I think. I don't think he ever did. Uh, He says later on that uh, he told his dad that he loved him. But I don't think he ever forgave him. I just don't. I, I just, I didn't get that from Kurt. He still held that thing over him. The fact that he didn't try hard enough to get his mom back, maybe. I think Kurt still felt there was a chance that Don would get back with Wendy in some way. But it didn't happen. And when he remarried, okay, that solidified it for Kurt. That it was never going to happen. And he became very bitter after this. Uh, They would have game nights. And Kurt loved that. Uh, Just being involved with game nights. He always wanted it to never end. But he would struggle with getting along with his uh, step-sister and brother. Um, he just, he would bully them and he was a problem. He didn't want to do chores around the house. Uh, they would ask him to do things. He wouldn't do it. And I believe there was one point at the time he stayed with them that he didn't take out the garbage or do some, uh, small chore. And he was grounded from the television. Forget this one year. And Kurt's sister, Kim would explain this, that they were adamant about this being grounded for one year of no television so when the family would sit down to watch tv at the end of the night kurt had to go to his room and this went on for a whole year and kim would say you know parents say that you're grounded for a year go to your room right and then like three weeks later say okay you know come watch some tv with us they stuck to it can you believe that For a whole year. Wow. Now that's sticking to your guns, man. That's discipline. Well, Kurt was very hurt by this. Can you imagine how that would scar you? It does. And I'm sure it did. It scarred poor little Kurt. Into just going deeper into this like, this this meanness, this thing. Uh, He already felt like an outsider. Okay? And he got this shit going on? Not happy times. And also want to state further that when Donald and Wendy, his parents, had to discuss certain things, it always ended in a fight. And Kurt and Kim saw this all the time. And it just pissed Kurt off even more. I also wanted to point out, I had read a book about Kurt Cobain. And I also want to state that I have done a lot of research on Kurt and have taken What I have taken away from documentaries, books, interviews, whatever, documentaries galore. I've taken all that I have learned from these things and made my own sort of uh, conclusion. Because I read this book recently about Kurt and there were things in that book that were not true. They were plainly not true. For instance, in the book that I just read, they said Kurt at the age of nine threw a cat into the top of a chimney, covered it, and let it die. I'm, I'm reading this. And I'm going, what the fuck? 
This can't be true. And if it is, unbelievable. This kid was really messed up. When you're harming animals like that, it's not like crushing a bug. Okay? You're killing a cat? That's a whole other ballgame. I had to check this out. Not true, by the way. Thank God. Not true. Why the fuck would you put that in the book? People are reading this book thinking that's real. That Kurt Cobain killed a, 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 a cat when he was a kid. When it's not true and you put that in that book, there are people now out there that believe that Kurt Cobain, at the age of nine, killed a cat. That's fucked up. So, like I'm stating, I'm taking everything that I've read, heard, watched, and then making it and then checking facts and coming back with the real thing. And you got to take things, you know, you can't take things 100% all the time. You got to do your own research, people. I'm telling you. And doing my research on Kurt, I was finding that out. All of these things that are said about Kurt. And I saw an interview with him and he made a great point. He goes, I don't believe anything I read. And this is from Kurt. He said, I don't believe anything I read or see on television. None of it. The only way you can find out if it's real is if you go to the main source. If I hear it from their mouths, then I know it's real. And sometimes that's not even real. It's all perception, people. Uh, You really got to do your homework, research, and come to your own conclusions, maybe, about these people, about the lives of these people, because there's a lot of stuff. People throw things out there. They may think they're real, but they're not. Anyway, this book pointed out that when Don and Wendy got divorced, Wendy's family was sort of disheartened by it. They liked Don, okay? They felt Don was a good man, a good father, and they were disheartened that Wendy decided to end the marriage. Now, mind you, it's Wendy that ended the marriage. Don really wanted to resurrect the relationship. Uh, And then after a few years, Don realized it just wasn't going to happen. And Wendy would, uh, I think, this is just my opinion, okay? Uh, She didn't like the fact that Don didn't make enough money, okay? Um, He may have been closed off as well on certain things. And that was probably the main reason why they divorced. Also, the fact she didn't love him. But Wendy would go on to date younger guys, sort of just have fun. I think she just wanted to have fun. Uh, and Kurt's friends would say that she would actually flirt with them. This is, this, is, this is not good, in my opinion. If I had a mom, okay, that divorced my dad and then started flirting with my friends and dating young guys, boy, would that affect me. Big time. I don't like it. She, there's stories that she would wear like bikinis and go in the backyard and like suntan while his friends were around. That's, um, don't like it. Don't like it. Kurt was very embarrassed by this. There's a story that Kurt and his friends went and, uh, like went to the store. Uh, you know, they had a get together. So Kurt and a couple of his friends went to the store they came back to the house And caught Wendy making out with one of his friends. That's just a rumor. That's a rumor. I don't know if that's true. But the way Wendy acts wouldn't surprise me. 
She seems like a piece of work. Okay? Mind you, she really did support Kurt with his art. She treated Kurt more, in my opinion, as a best friend slash friend than a son. And you'll go on to hear her even say this in interviews after his death. That they were best friends. No. Okay? That's your son. That's not your friend. That's your son. Big difference. Her mindset, to me, goes a long way. And Don kind of being the silent partner in all this got a lot of bashing from Wendy. And I'm sure Kurt and Kim heard a lot of shit directed towards their father behind closed doors. It goes on, people. It goes on. Just wanted to point that out because this will later be a factor when we get further on down the line in Kurt Cobain's life discussing how he ended up all messed up on drugs and how he died. I think all of these things, alongside his relationship with Courtney, will explain a few things. And we will get into those things later on. But for now, we will continue with his childhood and uh, one of the things that was offered to Kurt on one of his birthdays was his uncle gave him a choice. He said, Kurt, here you go. I'm giving you option here. Here is behind door number one, a moped. Actually, no, no, it was a dirt bike. Behind door number two, a guitar. Oh, it didn't take long. Kurt went door number two. He wanted a guitar. It wasn't the greatest guitar, okay? But it was a guitar, and he was able to display his love of art and music through the guitar. And I think that one of his very first instruments that he played was drums. He loved the drums. His parents bought him a one of those kid drum sets, and he... He loved it. He banged the fuck out of it. Here you got this kid, just energetic as hell. Give the kid something to bang on. So they got him this drum set, and he banged the fuck out of that. And he would actually go outside with his drums and parade up and down the neighborhood singing Beatles songs. So there you go. There's a little Kurt expressing himself in art and music, running through the streets in Aberdeen. (laughs) So he got his first guitar, And he started learning how to play guitar. Uh, He studied guitar for a few years, got the basic concepts, uh, started creating riffs at an early age, and found that he was on his way and constructing something that he enjoyed, writing music, uh, putting down his thoughts on paper. Although he said he didn't write much, uh, I think he wrote enough. And he read a lot as well. Uh, Being the outsider that he was, not having a lot of friends, found himself doing things artistically. Drawing, painting, writing, writing music, playing music, strumming his guitar, banging on the drums, and reading. T, I think he said, oh no, what? Uh, S.E. Hinton was one of his favorite authors when he was a kid. Uh, Rare for uh, a young boy, okay, to enjoy reading. I mean, I know there are young kids out there that enjoy reading. They do, but most don't. Most like to go outside and play football, baseball, that sort of thing. That wasn't Kurt. He obliged his father on a few occasions, playing baseball and wrestling and things like that. But he didn't enjoy it. He just didn't. He enjoyed music. 
There is some confusion about his family history I want to clear up right away. Now, it's been reported by many people that Kurt Cobain had family members that committed suicide. This is simply not true. I guess two of his relatives died in strange ways, uh, but not suicide. One relative had a gun fall. I guess he was in a bar, okay, and he had his gun on him. The gun fell out of his holster and accidentally went off and killed him. Can you believe that? And then there's another relative who was an alcoholic. Well, I guess he had too much to drink one night and fell down the stairs and died. He was intoxicated at the time. Uh, Not suicide. Stupidity, yes, but not suicide. There's also something else I wanted to point out before I move any further. When Wendy and Don decided to get a divorce, when it first happened, Kurt wrote on his bedroom walls. And one of the things he wrote on his wall, and I want to quote this for you. This is actually a poem Kurt put up on his wall after he found out his mom and dad were no longer together. Quote, I hate mom. I hate dad. Dad hates mom, and mom hates dad. This simply makes you want to feel sad. End of quote. That's a poem written by Kurt, like I explained. Goes to show you. He was nine. It really affected him so much so. He would write on his walls that. I hate mom. I hate dad. This really fucking sucks in his own nine-year-old way. As a parent seeing something like that, if I had a, a son acting that way, boy, would I give him a hug. I, I don't know if they did with little Kurt. My guess is I don't think they did. Maybe they felt a little concerned about the fact he wrote this on his wall. I know I would be, as a parent, very concerned This is a kid dealing with a lot of shit inside. And I understand that might be natural for a kid to feel that way. And they do. But are they writing it on the walls? Literally? Kurt did. Kurt's mom, Wendy, dated a man that abused her physically. And Kurt and Kim witnessed this. One time, the boyfriend hit her so hard that Wendy ended up in the hospital with a broken arm, but she took him back. There's an incident that occurred in 1979 that must be mentioned. Kurt and his friend took a shortcut into the woods to school one day. They came across a boy who hung himself from a tree, a suicide. It is said that they both sat and stared at this body hanging from the tree for over an hour before help arrived. Creepy as hell. They witnessed this suicide, uh, not the act itself, but the aftermath. Walking through the woods one day, shortcut, going to school. They come upon this. Interesting. Morbid, yes. But Kurt took a step back and went, wow. And maybe in his mind, kind of having it sink in, I've thought about that. Mind you, this kid at an early age... Thought he was an alien and different, nobody connecting with him. Well, not enough people were connecting with him. 
That's why he felt so different. And when he saw this image, it changed a lot for Kurt in his early life. And then further on down the line, seeing this thing, this action, this kid took, he actually did it. This thing that Kurt might have been thinking about from time to time as a kid, being sad, different, and so on. From my research of Kurt and trying to figure out where he stayed is a mystery to me. Of all the books I've read, uh, the interviews I've watched, and the documentaries like I stated previously, I found it really hard to pinpoint it. And I think I know why. He was all over the fucking place. He did stay with Wendy right off the bat after the marriage. And then he went to Don. And then uh, Don got remarried. And then Kurt kind of fell back on his uh, meanness, I want to say, bitterness even more. And it was at that point, he became so difficult, he bounced around a lot of places. He would go to Wendy, then back to Don, and Don would get fed up again and send him to an uncle and then an aunt. And then he got to the point where both parents were just frustrated with him. And then he was living uh, in his, not in his car, he didn't have a car yet. Uh, that came later on, but he was staying with friends and, and what I hear, hospitals and things like that. I might get into that later, but it, I just wanted to point that out. That pinpointing where he was at a certain time was very difficult. He made the family or whoever he was living with at that time, made their situation very hectic and stressful. The way Kurt acted. He lashed out. He didn't listen. All of these things. So at one point, okay, Kurt's father, Don, was having trouble with him again because he wouldn't do chores and things like that and uh, decided that maybe it would be a, a good idea to legally adopt Kurt into the family to sort of make it legal. And it took Wendy... A little bit to get used to that fact of uh, Don actually making it legal that Kurt is like part of his family with his new wife, Jenny, uh, her kids from a previous marriage, a boy and a girl. And then eventually Don and Jenny had a child of their own. Kurt's half-brother, Chad, was born. So it really, really was a family. And Don decided that if we make it legal... Maybe it'll make Kurt feel better about the whole situation, make him feel a little more stuck in, and things will get better. For, unfortunately, that wasn't the case. It got worse. Kurt being uh, legally placed into the family made him even more bitter. Why, I don't know. My guess is even more cementing the fact that Wendy and Don were definitely not getting back together again. And Kurt realizing that again. I think he knew it in the back of his mind that they were just done. The parents. But he always had that slight possibility. And with this uh, legal thing making him part of the family. It only reminded him once again how fucked up his family was. And Don trying to do the right thing actually did the wrong thing. Go figure. In 1980, Kurt Cobain joined the wrestling team. 
His dad was happy about this. Doing more sports. All right. Uh, and one of the reasons why Kurt, I think, agreed to do this is because a man named Kanichi Kano, who uh, coached the team, the wrestling team, was actually also Kurt's art teacher. And this Kano guy really liked the art that Kurt would put in front of him during class. And he would even uh, showcase it uh, with events and, and magazines and things like that that went through the school. And uh, within the wrestling team, he was able to spend time with his art teacher even more. So I think he actually enjoyed that aspect of it. Not wrestling, but just being around his art teacher. Yeah, This guy, this art teacher, gave Kurt confidence about his art. And he needed that at that point. Someone reaching out and saying, you're doing a good job. I love your art. You might have a future with something art related. Kurt also at this time was spreading his wings with art and decided to fool around with the camera, uh, movie camera, whatnot. And he started to make little short films. And his first one was about aliens. Uh, go figure. And uh, the other one was, uh, it was called, get this, it was called Kurt Commits Bloody Suicide with His Friends. Just such a joyous title. I've seen these little short films, and folks, they're very disturbing. This young man, uh, this is 1981, okay, teenager, going through some shit. Uh, there's a lot of, uh, it looks like this, for me, it signifies what I've heard and read about Kurt. He was very wiry, even in these short videos. You could just see him, the energy. I mean, this kid was just full of it. Like, it's just beaming out of him. All this excess energy. He didn't know he had so much shit inside that he didn't know what to do with. I think art was a great way to express himself because he didn't know where else to go with his energy, this thing he couldn't control, really. Uh, and, and I think doing, uh, the short films, uh, art and his guitar were a great way for him to express that as an artist. I truly believe 100%, I swear to God, Kurt Cobain would have been a fucking good actor. I do. I believe that with, that's another reason why I wanted to do Kurt Cobain and I know he didn't act. Okay, I know he's not an actor, and that's why I'm considering changing the title of my show because I want to branch out and do other things. And I know he's not an actor, but for f some fucking reason, in my head, if he would have been in movies or shows, whatever the case may be, delving into acting, I think he would have done very well. He had that something about him. This guy was so artistic in every way. Like a David Bowie, who I just did. I think if he would have gone that way like Bowie did with films and things like that. Oh, God. It would have been so fucking great. I'm making that statement. I'm sticking by it. Even though it can't be proven in any shape or form. Some people just have that uh, look to them, feel to them, their personality. And Cobain, I think, uh, and he says so himself. In interviews, I've heard him say that he was very interested and doing film. Dog Kurt. You, uh, you know. Hey. Like I stated. One of the reasons why I'm doing Kurt this week. In the actor's room. 
is it, he is an artist. So I'm thinking that if I change the title, I'm thinking artist has to be in the title. And I'm trying different things and, uh, you know, how the title, how it sounds. I want it to be perfect. I know it's not going to be perfect. I want it to be pretty damn close to perfect. Haven't gotten there yet. There's a few titles bouncing around in my head and I'm like, oh, that's it. And then the next day I'm like, no, not even close. It's hard to do that because if I change my title, that's it. I will never change it again. So I want to make sure it's right. Now, this is if I change it. So we'll see. So in 1981 and around this time, this is when Kurt uh, began smoking weed and partaking in LSD as well. Uh, The Mary Jane use was at first social with friends hanging out, so on. And then it actually turned into an everyday thing. And quickly, Kurt became a pothead. Uh, Kurt hated school, and he would skip on a regular basis. He, of course, was still bouncing around different homes, like I stated earlier, back and forth, here and there, and once again, ended up at his dad's house, Don. And he did have a bedroom uh, when he lived there previous Um, Upstairs, he had his own room. Well, since the family was expanding and things changing and Kurt not being there, he really didn't have that room anymore. So they put him in the basement. And although it's a broader area, so on, uh, he was still in the basement. He didn't like that at all. Uh, Another slight, maybe, Kurt felt towards his father and stepmother. And uh, before I move on, I want to point out that Kurt made out that his dad and stepmother, Jenny, were very cruel to him. They were strict, okay? I don't know about cruel. And maybe I should take that back. Maybe Kurt never said cruel. I just get the impression from Kurt the way he talked about his dad, how horrible he was. I didn't get that. Uh, With my research, of course, damn it, I wasn't there. Only Kurt was. Uh, But the impression that I got was Don might have been a little, you know, eh, (laughs) not like Kurt. Uh, Wendy, his mom was more fun, bubbly, whatever. Uh, I have my reservations about her. Uh, But Don, on the other hand, might have been a little Magoo. But I, the, from what I get, like Kurt's friends said that both Don and Jenny were good people. Hard on him, disciplining him. But I think that's what Kurt needed. He didn't, he wasn't receptive to that. He blocked all that shit out. You can't tell me what to do. Fuck you. You left my mom or you allowed this to happen. Fuck you. And he held that grudge. And I wanted to point out that his dad really wasn't a bad guy. He tried very hard to please Kurt, to get him going in the right way, trying to discipline him. Didn't work. He just couldn't be disciplined. They grounded him for a whole year. And it still didn't work. It just pushed him deeper into depression and bitterness. So him being in the basement, the dad and the mom, Jenny, would give him a stereo down there. Uh, Don would lend Kurt his uh, albums and he would listen to music. And I think he actually had a pinball machine down there. The kid wasn't deprived. So I don't want to hear how horrible 
Kurt's childhood was with his dad. I don't want to hear it. His dad had a family set up for him. Uh, there were brothers and sisters around. I know it might have felt really weird for Kurt. Uh, and that is weird. But you know what? Don was setting up a family structure for Kurt. Kurt pushed that away. Okay? Uh, so I wanted to point that out because I feel it's significant. And how Kurt just did want anything to do with Don and held that grudge for the rest of his life. But Kurt always found happiness with his guitar. He began guitar lessons with Warren Mason. His next guitar was an Ibanez, and he learned how to play Louie Louie, Stairway to Heaven, and Back in Black. He took his guitar with him everywhere. I mean everywhere. Even when it was broken, the kid just was not seen without it. Did that make sense? He wasn't seen with... Yeah. Right? Yeah. Durr. All right. Uh, He would place his first recording on tape and called it Organized Confusion. That was the name of it. His first sound on a demo. He claimed and named it Organized Confusion. He recorded it over at his Aunt Mary's house with her equipment, and he brought his guitar and amp. That was it. And Aunt Mary offered Kurt to use her electronic drum machine. He declined. He said, no, I want my music to be pure. No electronic drum machine for me. Thank you very much, Aunt Mary. Uh, I could make this uh, sound better without it. And I like that. Kurt was all about that pureness with his art it meant something to him that went very deep he felt that make in any way uh, messing with it his pureness the way he went about uh, proclaiming and professing and expressing his art form no matter what it was it was gonna be raw it was gonna be pure love that in march of 1983 He attended his very first concert, and it was Sammy Hagard. He was so proud of this that he wore the t-shirt he got from the concert around school the next day, and even for the next few weeks, just exclaiming, 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 exclaiming how much he loved the concert and going to see Sammy. He was proud of it, and he wore the hell out of that t-shirt. And it was in that same year, okay, in the summer, that Kurt saw something that would change his life forever. He met someone. He met Buzz Osborne. Buzz was part of the band called The Melvins. Kurt would never be the same after hearing them play. It was punk and it was beautiful. Buzz took on the part of mentor. He let Kurt borrow all of his collections of music. Kurt was being educated in punk. So by his junior year of high school, Kurt was changing. His clean-cut looks were gone. You see pictures of Kurt when he was younger, grammar school, uh, middle school. He's got the short, straight uh, looks shampooed to me. Very clean-cut kid. Cute kid, by the way. Kurt Cobain was a cute kid. And when he started, I guess his junior year, 
and, uh, you know, being educated on punk. He was in that scene, man. He hung around Osborne, uh, Buzz Osborne with the Melvins. He was around them and he started to change. Uh, his hair no longer short, long, didn't really like to bathe very much. <laughs> Kurt didn't like to bathe, by the way. I was going to get into that later, but I wanted to point that out now. Uh, the dude wasn't very good with the hygiene thing. And I think it started right around this time. Uh, <laughs> he started looking a little scruffier. And uh, it, it, he just was. Uh, so, you know, he enjoyed wearing Converse shoes and uh, donning a trench coat. He was a part of the punk scene. And he never looked back. He surrounded himself with people that were more like him. Finally, he found his kind. In early 1985, Kurt formed his first band. The band was called Fecal Matter. Poop Matter. I've listened to their stuff. Not too fucking bad. This is Kurt's first band. You can go on YouTube, put in Fecal Matter... And his shit comes up like every song that was on that album. I listened to him. Wow. Kurt's voice is really different. Lower. Uh, slower. Different. Uh, grittier too. Uh, you could tell Kurt was finding his voice. I don't think he knew where his voice was just yet. I really don't. But I love the playfulness of Fecal Matter. The first band he was in. They're not bad. Uh, they were searching, uh, trying new things. And it's really cute to, as, as they're listening to Fecal Matter and their songs. It was so low budget. It was. Like, they would make these this album, I think, for like, God, like a hundred and some dollars. Yeah, don't quote me on that. It was a low number. And you could hear things in the background. Like somebody dropping something. And at one point, like Kurt singing... And he's kind of straining his voice to a certain point. And he backs away from the mic. And you can hear him go, <coughs> like he's coughing. <laughs> so you would never hear that. Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't listen to all sorts of different kinds of music. But uh, not many songs have the lead singer or there's someone that's singing in the song. Clear their throat. Between breaths. <laughs> And uh, that's how low budget it was. Give it a listen. Fecal matter, people. Fecal matter. Poop. He called his first band Poop. Kurt was having so much fun with the band. His future, it seemed to me uh, that he didn't want to think about anything else. He just wanted to concentrate on art and fucking around and, you know, doing drugs. So he decided at this time to drop out of high school. Never graduated high school, dropped out his senior year. I find this a common theme in artists. They get so close. God, if I think some of them, it just would have been like weeks, days, and they could have finished high school. Kurt, also on that list, didn't finish high school, dropped out his senior year, smoking a lot of weed at this time, and um, drifted away. Kurt was actually at his mom's house at this time, living with Wendy. When he decided to quit school. And Wendy said, fine. If you are going to stay here. If you're not in school, you need to get a job. 
Kurt didn't want to do that. So Wendy said, there's the door. So Kurt went through the door and was homeless. And I'm thinking about this choice. Wendy didn't kick him out because <laughs> she didn't love him. Because I'm, I'm very hard on Wendy. Um, but I wasn't there at the house. I think Kurt was a pain in the ass. The way he got kicked out of all these different places. Uh, most of them family related. Uh, it seemed like the families that he lived with. As far as his family. Uh, they really couldn't handle him. And I have other stories that he would stay at friends houses. And he was fine. Where this one dad said. Uh, an overnight turned into a week. And then months. And they had Kurt sort of thrown into the rotation of chores. And he would do them. And he crashed on their couch for months. And this guy was interviewed, this father, and was asked if he received any notification or communication with Kurt's parents during this time. And the father said, actually, no. Uh, Good point. Of all the months that Kurt was at this friend's house, not one time were his parents involved or asking where he was. From this friend's father. I find that interesting. Maybe Kurt uh, notified his parents where he was. Maybe not. Were the parents of Kurt Cobain so detached from their son. That they didn't even know where he was. Is that possible? Yes. It is. But I want to go back to the fact. That Wendy kicked him out. Because he didn't get a job. Kurt had a choice here. Get a job or be homeless. And he chose homelessness over having a job. (laughs) That was his choice. He didn't want to work. So there you go. He crashed wherever he could. It was around this time he first jammed with Krist Novoselic. He would, of course, become the bassist of Nirvana. That's significant. And... I always want to call him Chris. And I think that's what they call him, Chris. But his name is Chris. With a T at the end. Chris. Chris would hang out with the Melvins. And Kurt really wanted him to listen to his his band. Fetal Matter, was it? And he wanted Chris to listen to his music. Chris finally did. Eventually. And really liked one of their songs called Spanked Through. I did too. It was the best song. On that album. Called Spanked Through. Kurt was experimenting. With not only his music. But with his life in art. He would be kicked out. Of his friend's house again. Then got a job. As a janitor. And roomed with a buddy. In a small apartment. Friends remember it being very messy. In the apartment. Shit was everywhere. Looked like they had never cleaned. Not once. I guess also. In this apartment. Sculptures of wax characters in pain. I guess Kurt would uh, sculpt wax. And the characters looked like they were in pain. Things like that. Groovy. Yeah. Really kind of feeling out your artistic abilities. Sculpting all kinds of creepy shit. And we're going to get into all the other creepy shit. Related in the art field. 
and Kurt Cobain. Some... Hmm. Um... A glimpse into his dark mind? Dark, artistic soul? And his interests? What he was fascinated with? He would put on paper or sculpt and write them down. Uh, I think he had a lot of journals. He says he didn't. I say different. For some reason, Kurt Cobain didn't consider himself a writer. Isn't that fucking weird? He considered himself more as a poet, not a writer. He kind of separated those two. As like opposed to a novelist or something like that. He felt it that he was all about uh, the abstract aspect of art. Poetry delved into the aspect of that, where he didn't consider himself this uh, prototypical, um, normal artist, maybe. Kurt was uh, a rebel, and he displayed his art truthfully, pure and raw. And we'll get into all that stuff in the very next episode of The Actor's Room, continuing on, part two. Next week, we'll delve deeper into Kurt's soul. The guy had a dirty soul, man, but it was pure. Um, great episode. I think that people want to know more about Kurt Cobain. Um, I did profess earlier in the episode that his suicide is questionable. And I'm going to get into that in the last episode. It's probably going to be three, just like Bowie. I apologize for those who don't like the parts. But I wanted to get all the shit in there. I don't want to leave stuff out. That's not what this show is all about. We want to get all the stuff in there so it makes sense. You get a full understanding of these wonderful artists and what made them great. I mean, there's a reason why Kurt Cobain was so famous, popular, fucked up, all that stuff. There's a reason why. That's what this show is all about. Finding out what these people are made of, how they grew up who their parents were, what happened to them, how they became who they are, and why they were so important in culture. That's the meaning of this show. The Actors Room. Delving into the lives of artists. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Actors Room. I hope that you had just a fantastic day. I'm having a pretty good day. Um, things at work are picking up fall semester starting on Monday. It's a Friday right now and I have Friday off. I worked 12 hours yesterday. Fucking busy. I got done a lot yesterday, but I'll be going back in tomorrow, Saturday for a bit. And then Sunday as well. Uh, Sunday, I'll be there pretty much all day to make sure we're all set for the first day of school on Monday. The kids get what they need. The teachers get what they need. That's the most important thing. Customer service. Making the customer happy. That's my thing. I like to make the customers happy. It makes me feel good. They get what they need. I feel relieved. I don't have to go in on Sunday. I choose to because I want to be prepared. It makes me sleep better at night. I worry, man. I can't help it. It's in my blood. I worry all the time. I try not to. I'm getting a little better. I have like an ulcer and it acted up a few weeks ago 
and it was dormant for a while. It would come up every now and then, but this past couple of weeks, oh boy, I've been feeling it in the old gut area. (laughs) Stress. Man, I got a ninth grader. I got a fourth grader in the house. We just started school again. So, you know, we got school shit. You know, my oldest, Madeline, is now a freshman in high school. Uh, She's in the band, and we're going to go out tonight to the football game. High school football game. Strongsville, Ohio. Go Mustangs. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Going to be watching a lot of football games this year because my daughter is in the band. Thank you once again. I hope you have a great day, a great night. Put in that movie that makes you feel happy. We are watching right now. Our show is Castle Rock. That's good. It's based on Stephen King and all the things that Stephen King has done in the past. He inspired this show, Castle Rock. My whole family loves it. I love it too. We're all caught up on it. It's a new show. If you have Netflix, I think it's on Netflix. If it's not, I apologize. Go and check out Castle Rock if you haven't yet. If you're a big fan of Stephen King, you'll love the show. It's creepy. The acting's good. The story has us like, what is going on? The last episode, we're so confused. We may have to watch it a few more times to understand or try to understand what the hell is going on with Sissy Spacek. No clue. No clue. Castle Rock. Check it out, people. I'm demanding it. Also, support the show. Uh, go to uh, theactorsroom.lipson.com. Please leave a donation. A dollar would be fantastic. Have a great night. God bless you. Have a good one.